Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to episode 36, season two of the Filthy Shambles podcast with myself, Spooky. There is no running order. There's simply seethe and disappointment because this is this is a Tottenham Hotspur podcast and, you know, this is something we do consistently. Sit here, stand up at games, uh, kind of lost in this very deep ocean of what might be, what should be, what could be if we ever got things right uh we do have a few questions from spurs twitter but first more on the seed i'm joined by adam who's very seedy i think uh this monday uh afternoon how you doing mate do you know what i, I think i'm a seedy tweeter but a more laid-back podcaster so i don't know if i actually ever live up to this kind of um you know, this, this moniker you give me of the, of the seether. <laughs> uh, borderline I'm, unfair, some might say. I the think. the I thing know. is, I'm, I'm exaggerating, which is basically what everybody does on, on Twitter. Even I exaggerate on Twitter. And the, and the problem with Twitter as well, I mean, there's some people that you know are very, very angry, okay? Very upset about things. You can, you can there's, they leave nothing, you know, to, there's no ambiguity in what they tweet. Whereas other people often their tweets are misread because you're reading it in the tone that you think the person <laughs> is trying to deliver. So, Which is why social media is not great. It's really not great for, for proper discourse and, and discussion. Whereas podcasts, which get slated by a lot of people because, oh, why do I want to listen? To you? Do you think you are talking about... To-? We're literally having a conversation that I'm recording. There's nothing special about this at all. It just allows people to maybe connect the dots with the way they're thinking. I don't know why I'm trying to promote, you know, why podcasting is actually quite a good thing. Uh, because it, it is. It's a conversation, which can only be bettered if we were face-to-face. Um, which, you know, occasionally we we are at Tottenham. Um, I had, like, I put out questions for this podcast. Uh, three people, uh, Del Yorb, Doz33, and Bakubi Koiz. All, all asked the question, why? That's it. <laughs> why? That's deeply philosophical brainstormer here. Like, why Tottenham? What? Why? Why is Spurs like this? Why do we keep doing this? I, the question I have to you is a little bit more uh, definitive. Like, do you, you know, do you think we have overreacted to the Wolves' result? And why is the answer no? Hmm. So. I posted a little thread today about how I've been going. I think this is my 29th season ticket season. So let, let's round it wow. up and exaggerate and say, I've been going thir- I've been going down there 30 years. Right, let's do that that sort of thing. Like if I was <laughs> Can you podcast up. in that voice for, 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 the, for the rest of the hour? Uh, I think if, if we had any, any listeners, that would uh, swiftly have them uh, re- <laughs> reaching for the exit door on the phone. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's treat it like a talk sport call and say, I've been going down there 30 years and whatever. And I've been racking my brains and thinking of all of the like various reasons why things have gone wrong in the past and 
mm. like what's happened there and the Redknapp years and the Yol years and the Pochettino years and, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I have a feeling that everyone is so despondent right now because if, in all honesty, there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking going on after games where like, you know, they didn't fix this, they didn't fix that. But I think if you gave everyone a, a good dose of truth serum in August, this was the year that everyone thought, you know what, this is right there for us. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe not to be champions, but, you know, barring the odd squad, you know, little gap, which you know, you'd hope that the attack can fix if there's problems in defence or, or whatever. I think everyone thought we were right there. And, and I think the last two results of 2-1-0 losses... You know, they had a couple of shots on Saturday, but no, nothing that you'd say was, you know, great build-up play to cause, you know, barrage of, of onslaughts of attacks. And Sheffield United, we all know what that was. I think people feel, well, I, I certainly feel like we've wasted this season. Um, and the there's not really any excuses for it that you could, you can mitigate for at the start of the year, whereby, you know, we didn't have this and that was going to be a problem and were they so good, so blah, blah, blah. It was all right there for us and it just feels like what could have been and that's such a disappointing way to be, especially after a result that really does does rankle with you because of what else went on in, in the sporting weekend this weekend. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's there was uh, some interesting results that we're not going to talk about, especially one in particular. It's, uh, well, but actually both, to be fair, because we're looking over our shoulders as well as yeah, looking up and absolutely. thinking, what, what, what the fuck is going on in football? And this is this is, this is is the beauty and the brutality of football. Like, it, it it often doesn't give you what you think, or what you need, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't play out the way that you think it should. I think perception is, is this, it's a bit like quantum physics in, in the way that there's, there's, yeah. You can lose yourself in the theoreticals, uh, but the end, at the end of the day, if you look up at the, the you know look up at the stars on a dark night, if you're lucky enough to be able to see them, you know they're all fixed and you know you know what they are. All the stuff about oh, that star, that light that you can see is, has travelled a million light years, and you're actually looking at something that was shining bright you know, a hundred years ago. And he's like, what? This is breaking my brain. I don't know. And it's the same with football. Like if you look at the momentum at the back end of last season, it was good. It was so good that like a lot of us bought into this idea that we would continue. We would build upon that, that this was the identity of the, of Conte's football. And that by buying more players, by strengthening the squad, by amplifying key positions, you know, at least that's what we thought we were doing in the summer, uh, we would continue. Uh, but whereas it almost felt like we started from scratch, that the, all the hype around, oh, we've got a pre-season with Conte, we've got new signings with Conte, we've got this, that and the other. He's not inherited a team early into a season and, ha- and had to implement changes. It's all there. We you know, we just continue, but it, it doesn't feel like that's happened. It feels like we've gone back to the drawing board, which... Is perplexing, and mm. yes, we've been. You, you've mentioned it. We all know this. We've been desperately unlucky with injuries, and we've been desperately unlucky. We haven't been desperately unlucky with selection because Conte doesn't rotate enough. He doesn't. 
um, you know, people say, oh, take a risk. I don't think it is a risk when, when you've got highly paid professional footballers, especially ones that have been signed to kind of bed into the, to, in, into your into your tactics and your, 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 your team. I appreciate that takes time. Pochettino was famous as well for taking his time with, with implementing new players. But at some point, you have to look upon the manager and say, could we do better? Can we do better from one week to the next? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, again, I'm someone that, you know, it's not like I want to sit on the fence. It's not like I want to avoid certain discussion points, right? I can be very critical and I can be, I can be very understanding. I try and find that balance somewhere because I think that's where ultimately the answer is somewhere hidden. But we are overreacting. And, we, and again, we're overreacting because of what you mentioned. I think we're underperforming. And I think we're underperforming for many reasons, board level reasons that are inherently part of what Tottenham are nowadays, right? <laughs> and we can't change that immediately. So what can we do in the present? I mean, do you think the the way that we're with you know the Wolves game could have gone different if if we had scored in in, in the first half? Um, but do you think we we are in a weird way missing Conte, or do you think it would make no difference having him at Hotspur way in the dugout, in amongst the players again? Um, I, 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 do, do you know what? I guess my question is: we have never, we've not, we've not quite seen the improvement in this team, right? We keep waiting for us to step up a level, and we don't quite do it enough. Do you do you think under Conte that level just simply isn't there for the taking? I think we obviously beat Fulham one nil uh, in a game that could have gone either way. You know, wasn't a great first half performance, and that was off the back of two losses in the league. And since then, we've lost our last four away games, um, scoring one goal in the process, and maybe three or four chances have been created. And I think when you get to a point where you're winning your home games kind of on willpower and your quality bringing you through, and then in these away games, they're just sort of all damp squibs. Um, I think it was Danny Kelly on the View from the Lane podcast who said that, you know, when you're playing ultimately for a caretaker manager, there is a limit to what wall you're going to run through for them. Mm -hmm. And I think we're sort of seeing that play out quite obviously now. Um, we're not recovering from any deficits anymore, albeit they are maybe happening slightly later in the game than they were in the first half of the season. But I just think there's hallmarks there of, yeah, you know, they're turning up to home games, the 60,000 fans there. There have been three really big games in a row with City, West Ham and Chelsea that you can get yourself up for. But in these away games, you know, if you get an early goal and, and, and you're coasting, then great. And you, know, you might play a bit of football, but when the chips are down and when they need to knuckle down and sort of really set to it, as they were doing last year, which is, you know, you have to say that they were they were totally doing that last year for Conte. That, that's vanished now, really, hasn't it? And I think if ever there was a hallmark of a managerial era petering out, that, that would be it for me. Right. Okay, so this, this is what I want to tie it back into because I was rambling earlier, which is what I do. So, you know, everyone <laughs> knows by now that I ramble. It's called the I Filthy a... Rambles, isn't it? Well, uh, shambles. Uh, which oh, is right. probably far, I did, far more. I did, I did Mate, know Mate, you're that, on this podcast I... and you don't know the name of the podcast. No, I like... didn't know that. I just thought that was a really good play on words that you could oh, you could go to. I, I know I we've did... had long weekends, but come on, man. No, I've, I, I pre-warned you before we started recording that I, I'm a bit of a mess at the minute. 
Um, so that's the second time today, actually, I've, I've misinterpreted someone's very clever joke. Um, <laughs> I won't be editing this out because, you know, I'm a transparent person. I, you know, you live and learn, uh, which is something Spurs don't do very well. And neither do we as supporters, because the thing that I wanted to kind of bring that ramble that I was having earlier back to was I've been preaching very loudly for a while that Spurs never stick. They never see something through. They never work through the grind. They never graft to get to where they need to go, right? And with with Conte, for me, it's always been... Maybe we overextended our potential at the back end of last season, glorified by what we did to Arsenal, glorified by finishing fourth. And that even though we were showcasing what we can do when we're on it, there was it was almost like this last hurrah for the season, this last big, big push. Uh, and, and, and often Spurs do that, right? I mean, we did that under Pochettino. And we found ourselves in a position that we have never been under for, for, for generations. You have to go back to the 80s before... Uh, for the last time we, we were spoken about as, as title contenders, right? Um, but it was it was deserved under Poch. We built up to that, even if it was almost accidental. But football is sometimes, by design, accidental, if that's a way of putting it. But under Conte, you feel that, he, you know, he's inherited a team. He's trying to make his own team. Logically, pragmatically, you're going to say, that's not going to, we're going to need more than one season. But we can't, just base it off the back of what happened last year. But because of what happened last year, we thought we'd do a lot better this year. And it's bizarre that we're fourth and we could, two or three results going a different way, we could be third. You know, we could we could be even further up the table than that, you know, bizarrely, if things had been right with, with not having injuries. But every club can say that, okay? I'm getting, so I'm rambling again. I'm getting away from the point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is... In the grand scheme of things, we should all collectively, you can agree or disagree on this, we should all collectively say that we need more than this season, that whatever's happened in this season is a consequence of everything that's happened in the four years or whatever it's been since Pochettino left. This is a consequence of us always trying to reboot instead of reset. We never go, right, do you know what? Start afresh properly. Gut the team, gut the squad, do this. Back the manager. It might take three seasons. Everybody, it's going to take three seasons. Everyone agree? Okay, it's going to be hard. Agree. But the, the, but the, uh, there's going to be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Everyone's happy because we, we know we're striving for something. So do you agree that potentially what we've got now is as good as it can get because we're working towards something and there's teething problems? Or do you think that entire discussion point it doesn't work and it doesn't work because Conte won't commit Conte won't buy into what it means to be Tottenham and as much as it's great to have a world-class manager it's even better to have someone that that says I'm going to make you great but I'm also I'm also going to incorporate what it means to be Tottenham Hotspur what context do you mean that in do you mean that in the sense that if Conte signed a four-year contract tomorrow, started kissing babies in the street and, and, and there were big parades and said, you know, got a Coy's tattoo on on his upper mm. arm. Are you saying that would satiate you with this? Sorry, that would what? Associate? Satiate, you... like, that satisfy oh. you. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm having a nightmare today. Right, so um, 
No, <laughs> not, okay. not it, I, I mean, it, it wouldn't in it because it would be quite, quite superficial to just say, yeah, that's all I want. All I want is someone that I want someone like Nuno to turn up and say he's going to make us proud. I don't buy into that, that I, I need, you need to see the proof in the pudding. And I think what I'm trying to say is that yes, Conte's football is not what we would associate on with, right? However, the football we were playing at the back end of last season was aggressive. It was it was very very kind of like psychologically strong. It was tenacious. It packed a punch, and we got the job done. And the way that we pulled Arsenal apart, for example, the way that we beat City, and there were one or two other results, which were really I think said a lot about what Spurs can be as a team collectively, hating to lose. And, and 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 prioritizing winning at all costs, right? And we, I guess, we can as a fan base, we can sacrifice a little bit of the flair and the swashbuckle if we're a machine that's winning games upon games, because we all want to win something ultimately. And if you are winning teams with aggressive football, and maybe not the most attractive football, but really effective football, you can find the middle ground in that, okay? Because you're winning games, and that will obviously keep the beers flowing. So it's more of a case of Conte saying, "I'm not going anywhere. We we can't do the, we can't do it in one window. If people expected it to be done this this season, yes, we could have done better. However, we're going to need another another two or three windows to really solidify. And I'm here for it. I'll be great. That's exactly what we need because mm-hmm. arguably, whoever comes in next, the club, the statement from Levy has to be." We're in it. In, this is a commitment now. I don't like the word project, but the club needs to say we're going to do this properly. Be patient with us, but we're genuinely going to make you proud to follow Tottenham because ultimately, I think it does come down to the football. And as much as I want to make these sacrifices and concessions, which I did under Mourinho for a short space of time, even under AVB, I'm a sucker, sucker for ex Chelsea managers. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I, I've tried to give Conte. The, the you know the the capacity to show me something, but he's not doing it. Um, so I don't know if that helps you kind of quantify what your answer would be, or whether you just had you just don't buy it at this point that I'm me and other people that are trying to hang on to to Conte in any in in any form of, uh, are doing it out of desperation more than anything. I'm a fairly big proponent right now that in modern football you either play the right way, in inverted commas, which is trying to be aggressive, dominate possession. Well, maybe not, not you know, not have 65% of the ball, but, you know, look to treasure having the ball um, and playing high up the pitch. Kind of, you play that way or you don't. And I think it's really tricky in modern football for teams that don't play the right way to be consistently successful. Um mainly just because it, it, it becomes so much more of a high-risk game. Uh, and I think we've seen that in the last couple of away games. You know, they, they arguably, Spurs have controlled large periods of the game. But unless you're trying to create eight, nine, ten chances, if you only have two or three chances, and I think we were discussing this with, with Bardi on, on social media last, last Thursday after the Sheffield United game, that there are three or four elements of the Sheffield United game where or, or moments where you say, oh my God, why didn't he just pick him out? We would have scored. Hmm. But the best teams have 10 of those a game. And if you're putting more bullets in the chamber, you're so much more likely to score. Yeah. And I think the style in which we play, 
yeah, when it works, it's fantastic. But so much more has to go right for it to work. And when you do make seven changes, it's so much more difficult to, to do that. Whereas if City or, God forbid, you say Arsenal make seven changes in a game, you'd still be fairly confident they would dominate the ball, suffocate the opposition, um, get a stranglehold on the game and, and win these games quite easily. And my concern is that Conte doesn't want to play that way. And even with the best players that we could possibly sign for him to play in that way, I still think it would see us short against the better, in inverted commas, teams at at modern football. It's it, it's really funny, Adam, I think, in that... I mean, this is a dissertation on its own, uh, and it's something that gets discussed time and time again, right? Because when things are bad and let, let, let's let's also step step back a little bit things aren't terrible right now obviously as Spurs fans because we have these high expectations and we know we can do a lot better than we, we've been doing you know oh, end of days crisis this is fucking banter club poverty club and all this this ridiculous cartoon exaggeration and, and knee jerking that comes out of it and there's a lot of a lot of things critical things that are being said that deserve discussion um, but it's not like we're not in a privileged position. We just still support one of the biggest clubs in the country. We're just a little bit, we're, we're desperately flawed in certain ways where we cannot reach, uh, you know, our full capacity uh, because of the way that we we try and build, we, the way that we try to catch up. We're always, we're always putting obstacles in front of ourselves and then having to deal with the obstacles in front of those obstacles, which are usually clubs that can spend untold millions on wages and players. Um, I think with Spurs uh, right now, people realise that it is the football that matters more than anything. So when you get the, the, the football back and you get that swagger and swashbuckle and you're just excited, it then changes again. It switches back to, well, this isn't enough because we need to start winning games. We need to be a lot more canny and a lot more you know, uh, capable winning ugly and, 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 and having a plan B or having an alternative or having a rotation or bringing academy players in, it all kind of feeds back into, again, how are we going to win trophies? Um, how, I mean, how how do we change that? I mean, we can't change that now. Do you think, Conte, first of all, should we just part ways with him now? Or do you think that's not happening because... It's going to cost us money, so we're going to wait until the summer. Do you think it matters that we have to wait until the summer to appoint someone new? I think it's trickier now to do it because, I mean, unless Pochettino wants it that badly that he'd take it sort of with 11, 12 games to go and kind of on a hiding to nothing, although it's, you know, hero status if you can transform it that quickly. I think we've missed the opportunity that we had to to make a change, and that was January when it started to become very clear that no new contract was going to be signed. And I think I said, or we said on here, that it was madness to go into the January transfer window and put money down for a manager who may not even be here in five or six months. And at least in January, you know, after that dreadful Aston Villa game on New Year's Day, where we'd had three games at that stage, or was it? Yeah, we must have had three games by that stage. Um... And you're thinking, like, what is the point here? What what are we doing? Um, and the only really likely conclusion from their point was that we were going to 
kind of drift our way to the end of the season with content. It just didn't make any sense to me then. It makes even less sense to me now when you look at how we're playing, especially on the road when the you know things are even slightly against us. Mm. Um, and my worry, again, goes back to my original point that we're just going to squander this season where everything's been on the, on the table for us by inaction. And you know, obviously I blame Conte predominantly because he's the one that picks the team. But the people above him will have to carry a portion of the blame because they did they didn't really do much in January to strengthen although I you know, I guess the mitigating factor in that is who are you strengthening for if the manager's not going to be there but if that's the case get rid of the manager or say look here's a contract you're going to sign it by the 10th of January or you're gone um because then at least at least we've got a chance to bring someone else in and we've got 3 weeks left of this of this window to bring in two players that they may want but yeah you know one of the biggest criticisms of Enoch um, and I, you know, I've said many a time. You know, I'm generally fairly pro what they have done on the whole. Um, but one of the biggest criticisms is kind of standing still when things are moving around them and, and not maybe taking decisive action um, when they've really needed to. I, that normally pertains to not signing the extra player, you know, the Grealish or someone like that, the Mane, whether you believe those stories or whatever. But I, I think it's never been truer than it has been in January. Um, and when they're accused of having their minds elsewhere, I think letting the team drift from January to where we are now, albeit we've had some good results that, you know, quality players have carried us over the line and, and really good home atmospheres, which obviously hugely important in football. Um, I think one of the biggest criticisms you can make of the of the board is where we are now versus where we could have dragged ourselves from in January had they been much more proactive uh, and, and football minded, as they like to say. Uh, so Paul Johnson, a.k.a. Sneers Morgut on Spurs Twitter, wrote an article for the Fighting Cock uh, called Not Going Back. And it's, it's to do with going back for Pochettino, basically. And he, he kind of, there's a bit of a throwback to an article he wrote when Poch left, how it was the right thing for Poch to leave at the time. But he was, he, I guess he was being pulled it was almost like it's the right thing, but I don't want Poch to go, but it's the right thing, but I don't want him to go, which I think is how we all felt, or most of us felt that way. You know, seeing someone that was such an important figure in, in modern Tottenham folklore, really, in terms of what he what he did and the team that we had and the you know the adventures that we had and how close we got to, 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 to making history in a way that's never been done before at Tottenham. We just got so close and it's agonising and it's something that I don't think any any of us will recover from. And yet we can pull out a lot from that that time. has been the best time we've ever had supporting Spurs, arguably, for some of us. Um, it's a good article. Uh, check out um, uh, at Love the Shirt for the link to, to the article. Uh, but, but we've got Dan, Dan obviously, who's usually on this pod every Monday, bless him. He's got a day off. I gave him, I gave him the day off today to, to kind of recover. I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's struggling. We, we, I think we're all <laughs> struggling with Spurs. So uh, he asks, uh, do, do we worry more than we should about the prospect of Poch coming back? Should it be a no-brainer? I mean... It's a, it's another discussion point, right? There's there's a lot there's a lot of color around this. There's a lot of uh, oh, Poch was a puppet, and well, actually, Poch literally spoke about how you know the club needed to do X, Y, and Z to get it into top form again uh, to to 
to fix things. You know, there's certain things that we had to do. He, it's not like he he wasn't vocal. He's obviously as stubborn as Conte in some ways with players. You know, there's a there's a lot that isn't made of the fact that he turned down a lot of players that that Levy was trying to bring in. Um, obviously, you know, you can say why is Levy trying to bring in players that the manager doesn't want. So the, the so the the concern. Do you have concerns around the relationship, or do you think, as as Paul basically mentions in his article, the time has changed. We 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 don't play at Wembley. We, we we the stadium's been built. We've moved in. We're at home now. Um, the money, the revenue's coming in. Um, it's and it's not the same landscape that that, that it was. We're not holding back. You know, as much as you want to, as much as some people want to delve into the politics around Levy and his spending and the rest of it, there's no reason for us not to back someone. And we've done that with Conte, even if people disagree. We just can't buy 15 new players in one window, even if you think that that's doable. It's not really pragmatic to do that when you also have to get rid of five or six or seven players. So, where are you at with the, the whole discussion around Pochettino? Um, especially tying into the board and Levy and just what what we are as a football club, I guess. Um, when it comes to managerial appointments, we never make the right one. Is this the right one? Should we go back? I mean, every managerial To go forward. What, I mean, every managerial appointment carries a risk in one way or another. And even someone who's so much been part of the furniture could be seen as the same thing. I mean, Man United fans think Eric Ten Hag probably rightly, is is one of the best things that's happened to them for years. And they just lost 7-0 to Liverpool. Um, so, you know, that that may not even, that, that may not work out in the long term and take them to where they want to be, which is, you know, champions of England and, and Europe again. There's just, there's so few ways to really predict what's going to happen. What I would say is that, back to the point about football style, I think Pochettino wants to play the game in the right way. I think we have a tremendous... Um, nucleus of young talent going forward, which is always going to help you. And Spurs are spending about £100 million net per year on transfers. So whilst you know people won't agree with it and, and didn't like the policy at the time, but Pochettino was probably the manager of Spurs at a time where the purse strings were at their very, very tightest because of the stadium build. Yeah, um, I'm not not using that to excuse the ownership. Just saying that's it's, obviously it's factually what was correct, right? It's fa- it's a, it, yeah, I mean, whether you agree with it or not, that is what was happening. They were not spending big money on transfers. You can look at it and say they weren't doing it. Whereas now they are. So yeah. if I try and put those three, three, let's say four things together, of you've got he understands the club maybe better than anyone you could ever wish to hire. You've got a good group of players that could take you forward for the next two or three years with a couple of additions in, in key areas, which which again links to the next point that they are spending the money quite well um, and they're spending plenty of it for, well, I would say all bar three or four managers in the world would, would think that Spurs are spending lots of money. Unfortunately, one of the managers that probably doesn't is the one that Spurs have in charge at the moment. Um so I think there's so much that you can look at and say, yeah, that's a huge positive. I mean, I'm seeing people saying, Luis, get Luis Enrique. Mm. Well, how's that any less of a risk than getting Pochettino back? Yeah. I, I, I don't see it at all. I don't see that at all. Um, I, like, I, and also, we just want to feel, you know, you just want to feel again. There you, you know, go. Forget, you know, there's inta- football is, is an intangible sport and you shouldn't be, you know, they love, you know, 
XG and stats, they all have a valuable place. But being a football fan really is about going to the game with your mates and feeling what the club is to you. And, and it, no one encompasses that better than Pochettino. So even if it just gives us a great month of joy, fuck it, just do it. Because we could all do with a smile, you know? You're, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth. It's, it's about an, en- an energy and, and uh, Get the and lemons. We want and... big lemon energy, don't we? That's what he loves. <laughs> God, I miss him. Um, but look, it, again, because I'm really conscious of the fact that I, d- I don't want to appear to be knee-jerking or just thinking, you know, I quit, I've had enough, because I'm banging on about the team having to graft and having to work. But you're right, and I think most people are right. The 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 energy that's coming from Conte isn't great, and I appreciate that there's a lot of other factors in, in terms of his surgery, in terms of the, the people that he's lost in terms of his family still being in Italy while while he's over over here, we can talk about it was a mistake to appoint him. It was an, a, a mistake not to have four hundred million ready for him to spend, even if that was viable or possible. I haven't got a clue. Probably not because we didn't, and probably not because it's not something that we we do. And it then goes back to Levy, and then we're lost. We're, we're talking about something else. If you bring it back to the basics, you know. It is about how we're feeling going to the game. And as much as I want to give him time and as much as I would support him if he stays, if we stuck with him and he signed on and we just we cracked on, I'd be interested in, in that because it would be something we haven't done before. And it will feel like, well, hold on a minute. They do have a plan. They do know what they're doing. And maybe the football will improve and get better and, and we'll do something uh, amazing. It still won't be anything like the same type of energy that we had under Pochettino mainly because of what you're watching with your eyes out on the pitch and and the way and I'm not saying the football's flawless I'm not saying Poch didn't make some horrendous decisions in key games but in the moment you just want to feel that connection with your football team and it is it's it it comes back to the romance of the game and, and, you know, the romance of the game doesn't win you trophies. It it might not make you a winner. It might not give you all the things that modern football tells you you need. Otherwise, none of it matters. Um, But I think at this point, we feel like we've not got anywhere since Pochettino left. And I think it's absolutely the most Tottenham thing you can do. Walk around in, in absolute wilderness in a circle, trying to work out what do we want to be, and instead of saying let's let's actually be Tottenham, what does that mean to be Tottenham? And do that instead. What we've done is how can we fix this this kind of broken team that we've got? Let's get a winner in. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> work. Let's get another winner in who's a better version of the last one, a more relevant version. It doesn't work. Can we stop trying to be reflective of, of the, the perceptions that are that are out there and that are, that are blinded us really um, to what we should be? You know, don't use the word DNA in a soundbite. Just just do the action that gives us the DNA, and that has to be has to start with bums on seats that want their bums to be elevated during the game and just get excited again. Um, What's been the mood of like your, you know, your friendship WhatsApp groups with with stuff like this? Because so seven of us are kind of, you know, my my main Spurs group or whatever. We all go together pretty much and you will meet before the game for a few drinks and we're all 
sort of 34, 35, 36, one or two young kids and Spurs going to the games and back from the games is probably our main social time at the moment. And I, I find ourselves that we're kind of looking forward to going to Spurs for the social as much as the football. And obviously, like, that will always be true about English football. It's such an ingrained part of our culture. Yeah. But the sliding scale of how much I'm looking, we're looking forward to the social part versus the football obviously does change. And this is going to sound terribly selfish to, to some, you know, if you were a, I don't know, Watford fan, listen to this, you must think, oh my God, what an entitled, entitled bunch of twats. But, you know, the the the, the, the football is just not, it, it's not resonating with people anymore. It's, and, you know, the That's idea right. of going to the football, like, I, I to go on Saturday against Forest, I'd have to move quite a few mountains. I could do it. But I've decided I just I don't need to move those mountains. I'm I'm just not going to go this week because it's going to mess up my work weekend, and I'm not going to go. Whereas I could go if I wanted to, and I think I've never been like that ever. So to um, answer your question, I, I I even with Chelsea and West Ham at home, I did not give those games that much thought in the build up to it. Usually, I am. Nervous. I, I can. I genuinely worry about my heartbeat, um, and I think about what's going to happen, what might not happen. Uh, get to the game, and I'm just thinking about the game. Both of those occasions, I was just looking forward to seeing people, and like, where, where are you going? For are you in blue coats? Are you in the beehive? Where, where are you meeting up? Are you, you are you going to enjoy cafe to have your breakfast? It's it, it was literally to see the 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 the, the boys. You know, I mean, they're practically my brothers at this point. So, like, you're going to the game, I'm seeing family. You know, it's the way that I see it. And the bonus is to also see a football team that's that that kind of makes you bounce off the ground after after the game. You know, you're bouncing bouncing home down the high road, thinking what a fucking performance that was, or what you know, what a moment that was. Where whereas I'm completely drained of that and exhausted of that. So yeah, I, I'm very much for me to be numb is not a good sign, but it might also be the understanding that maybe deep down I know, I know that we're just playing out um, the season at this point. We're going through mm. the motions, and that's not great as well. It's you know it's an expensive thing going to Tottenham, mm. and you're and normally I well for most people you're sacrificing you're sacrificing something else that you could be doing with mm-hmm. family or partners or, or or who whoever so yeah i'm not in a great place but i'm i'm also again i understand as i've kept saying it if we have to graft through these despondent times these games and performances to get to somewhere that's great because that certain team sitting on the top of the table had a very similar kind of process um i can't believe i said that word but they they had a very similar story arc where their fans were like we don't know what type of football this is we can't oh hold on a minute we can now oh hold on a minute we're actually pretty good oh we're still no no we're not quite the finish article and then suddenly this season wallop it all it all it all gels with the assistance of pep fucking about with his city selections but it's how you graft though isn't it it's exactly. not grafting for the sake of it, which is what exactly. I fear we are exactly. at the minute with Conte. And, and that that's why that's why I'm I am I am disconnected from it in, in the wrong type of way and I'm just looking at the social element. And I'm still paying seven quid for a bloody neck oil, so like 
the fuck am I doing with my life at, at the moment? We've got a few questions. I just want to. I just want to get James, to. Can I interject? By the way, I'm of course, still of course, absolutely mate. buzzing for Wednesday night. I can't wait for Wednesday. It's a massive game. Uh, Tottenham in all white under the lights is the most beautiful thing on the planet. It's Harry Kane fully fit in a big Champions League game for the first time in I think five years. Um, it will be unforgivable in my mind if we don't get through. But the opportunity to have a really great night is there. And the last three home games have, in, for all we've said, the last three home games have been really good to be at. City, West Ham and Chelsea. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, but the overriding temperament of being a Spurs fan right now is just not where, you want, where you'd want where you like it to be. Well, I've got a couple of questions. Because I am looking forward to, to a glory, glory night. Um, because I like to believe. Uh, Abyss Talks uh, asks, if Lucas is brought on against Milan, will the booze be louder than when he was taken off in Nuno's last <laughs> game? And will the outcome be the same? I mean, we don't have to don't have to spend too much time on answering some of these questions. But um, to follow that up, actually, Ollie Coys, sorry, Oil Coys uh, asks, uh, if we're losing Wednesday night, do you think it will get as toxic in the ground as the last as the loss against United, they're basically the same the same question from the two of them. Um, it it you don't really want to entertain it going wrong, do you? But can do you think? Because we still we're still in the race for top four. But if we, if we do go out of this competition on Wednesday night, do you think that changes anything between now and the end of the season? Or do you think we just we go away disgruntled? We all knee knee jerk again, and then we roll into the next game of football. I mean, it's, it's how you lose, isn't it? Football fans aren't mugs. We know, we know when we've been shortchanged by our team, and we know when they, you know, if, if Man City had got a last-minute equaliser and winner against us because you know they've got incredible players and that could do that, you'd have been gutted. But you could have left with your head held high that my team have given it all they could today, and on another day we win that comfortably. Against Aston Villa, we were a complete disgrace, and. If they lose in that manner, then I think it could get very bad and it would have every right to because it would be the second cup in a week that has been squandered to a bang average team. You know, AC Milan are a fancy name, but there's nothing in that team that... By the way, I'm going to disparage AC Milan. They might well beat us, which would be a a reflection of us. I'm I'm not saying that we're necessarily so much better, but they are not a good team and they should be there for a proper... Yeah, you know, a good English team should be taking a team like that to the cleaners. In my yeah, opinion. for sure. There's a there's a couple other things that people mentioned. Actually, it kind of ties into all that. Um, Spurs golf F1. Make your mind up, mate. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of kind of asked stuff around the management lacking the nerve or the ability to change a game uh, to to make a change in the match. Rather, Wolves changed the game by adding an extra body in midfield, and they hunted us down in packs and forced us on the back foot, and they hit it long. Uh, and our subs were like a defender and Lucas. And um, I think someone else had a uh, Andy Boyati said, we can't, why can't we just play out a draw sometimes, always turn a mediocre performance into a defeat? And I guess this, this both, both those questions really, or statements tied back into the fact that it does look like we're out of ideas and we shouldn't really be. If we've got this high quality manager, this, this thing where we always go back to, oh, it's the players not being good enough. But but surely if the players are constrained and if the squad is contained, 
we don't we don't really have that kind of outward I don't know expansiveness just in terms of options. If we're always playing to this, if we're always playing to this kind of very rigid, overly deliberate, disciplined uh, that's formation, the kicker, though. that's the kicker, though, isn't it? Yeah, because Dyer's not playing on Wednesday, so you know, it, what would you rather them do? Would you rather them play four-two-three-one with, let's say, Longley and Romero at centre half, which you know it's a bit of a risk, but you can play Roy Allen, Ben Davis, and then you can have Richarlison, Kane, Son, and Kulisevsky. Or do you want them to play Longley in the centre of the of the back three, not really his position? Davis at left left centre half, where he's been better as a left winger. Perisic at left wing back, where he's not been great. Do you know what? Mm. The, the, the way in which they want to play is, it, it, as I've said for for weeks now, we're constantly playing about seven of our best eleven players in order to play the system, and as a result, it, it's you know if they're going to play the system on Wednesday. I would put Romero at the centre of centre-half, Royale at right centre-half and Porro at right wing-back because at least, you know, it's getting, amazing to say this about Royale, it's getting some of your better players on the pitch instead of putting some of your worst players on the pitch. It's basically playing Porro instead of Longley. That doesn't seem like, this seems like obvious stuff, right? And But I think when it comes to the substitutions, I've always felt there's like a humility, let's say, from that you can see in a manager that will make changes when it's clearly not going right. And I think half time is, is the biggest indicator of that than mm. anything. If you're, if you make changes at half time, it's almost an acceptance of, do you know what? We misread this one and we got this wrong. And unfortunately that completely clashes with the rightful ego that these top managers have, because the last thing they want to do is basically make public admissions that they got it wrong in the first place. And and that's, the, I think that's why it drags on with Conte with the, with these changes, because He's so certain that what he's seen and thinks is correct that it's almost like begrudging at the end where I might as well, fuck it, you know, try something. Well, look, okay. So um, the pod will continue for a bit longer. If you're listening on Patreon, then you're going to get another 20 minutes or so. We've got got a few things to delve into. Uh, We'll be discussing a little bit more about the, the, the reset being greater than the reboot, a bit about Harry Kane. Uh, and what the perfect scenario for next season is. And there's a couple of questions that I still want to put out on the pod. So thanks for downloading. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or Google, cheers. Uh, that's the end of the pod for you guys. Um, so see you later. Adam, I don't know if you want to say goodbye to the, those those listeners over there. Thank you for joining us. Very pleasant. That was terrible, wasn't it? But anyway, we go. No, 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 no we, we'll stick to that. We'll stick to that. <laughs>